Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Annabelle doll possessed? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And with us today, we have Mr. Bob Anderson of Bob After Dark. Bob, how you doing? Oh, hey there, Pat and Rebecca. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And congratulations on winning uh, People's Sexiest Man of the Year 2021. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad that got into the episode. Um, <laughs> the issue isn't out yet, um, you know, but it, I was very excited. I got the... Uh, I got the notice in the email and I was like, wow, you know, that that's great. It's going to do wonders for my show. Yeah, yeah. They, they start early on their votes and everything. They do. So, they do. Yeah. They plan that episode pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really early. Right. You <laughs> know, it makes me uh, it makes me pretty excited to know that. And I'm uh, very thrilled to hear that People Magazine was very much on the hashtag team believer side to want me <sighs> on there. Yep. Jeez. Absolutely. That's why it's why Pat. Didn't want to mention it, but I wanted to make sure it got in there. Rebecca, what have you been up to? (laughs) Well, I have been planning for a book club. Yeah. I'm very excited. It's the 28th, right? 28th of January, which I guess is that we are now in January. So yes, in a few weeks. Uh, I'm excited about the book. It's called The Deep. Yeah. And And it's going to be super creepy. We'll do a Zoom call. Yep. And we can all discuss it. Exactly. Now, last time I had not read the book. (laughs) Yes. And as of now, I still have not read this book, <laughs> but I will. I, I have purchased it. Uh, I'm excited for this book. I haven't read it yet myself, but I think it's going to be super interesting. Yeah. Um, the last one I know was was kind of deep. This one's called The Deep, um, but I think it's going to be <laughs> a little bit more fun um, and ghosty. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of history in a fictional story. Oh, good. And very much linked to our next episode. So I think if you are reading this and then you listen to our next episode, it's going to be uh, a really good combination. Well, I can't wait. Yeah. How about for you, Pat? What's going on? Oh, same old stuff. It is um, a new year mm-hmm. and um, doing the same old things I was doing in 2020, playing a little Skyrim. I moved on from The Sims and now playing Skyrim, <laughs> Elder Scrolls. Bob, you ever play Skyrim? Um, I played the first one, Morrowind. That was oh, okay. a very, very long time ago. I have not played uh, Skyrim or the other one, Oblivion. There you go. I never played those. Well, Oblivion was the third one. Now we're on to the fifth one, Bob. It's, oh, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, well, but that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to heal up, get better, and um, yeah, we're trying to plan episodes yeah. for the new year. It's going to be exciting and actually do them. Yes, that's yeah, that is that also is, the follow the through plan. for that. <laughs> um, Bob, what's going on with you and Bob after dark? Man, I clawed my way through 2020, kicking and screaming. Uh, <laughs> it was not a very exciting. Uh, end of the year so bob after dark's been on a on again off again hiatus for like the past month the live shows have been going on but we were doing some restructuring with the podcast so that's been uh it's been under construction for about a month we're very excited to be getting that back up and running and get stuff rolling for 2021 hopefully the year is better i could get back to doing my con circuit because gosh i missed 
conventions. I miss talking to my fans at them. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to get things going and get the ball back rolling. You know, it's really hard to get remotivated after, you know, being under construction for a hot minute. So now I'm back to, you know, somewhat normal and I'm excited to be back. Well, we're excited that you're going to be coming back. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, it has been a weird, you know, like hit pause kind of year. It has, you yeah. know, and now it feels like we're trying to get back, but we're not quite there yet. So, uh, what did, uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, everybody go listen to our predictions episode for 2021 that came out on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. Um, but Jacob has a prediction for all of us for the new year, and we're, we're going to be on a journey. Bob, did you happen to listen to that episode? I have not. Um, oh, it's really will, good. Jacob I'm, Jacob Mayfield is just amazing. He is. And he teaches us how to do home divination. So it's all stuff that you guys can do from home. He even gives you some tools for that. So Even you could do it, Bob. Ouch. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Pat. I, I don't know if that was an insult or, uh, you know. <laughs> I think it's called a backhanded compliment. A backhanded compliment. That's yeah. the best way to start a ghostly podcast. Next, you're going to be telling your fans that I'm the Mothman again, and I'm going to be starting 2021 like that. You are not the Mothman. You are Moth Bob. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, <laughs> real quick before we start, I just want you to know that that rumor has like completely gone off the rails. I was on uh, other podcasts, and these other podcasters were like, oh, Bob, is there any validity to the rumor that you're the Mothman? And it's <laughs> Pat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stand by what I said. So. Oh, thanks. That was a listener, Rachel, that told us that. And you know what? Ever since she told me that, that's all I see when I see you. I see, I see Mothman. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, do we have any listener mail? We Rebecca? do. We do. All right. So this one is from a listener named Michelle, and it's about the Peshtigo fire. So if you haven't listened to our Peshtigo fire episode, definitely go back and, and, and listen to that one because um, it's a pretty crazy story. All right. So Michelle says, uh, hi, I just wanted to let you guys know that I learned about your podcast today. I stumbled upon your podcast when I was wondering about the Peshtigo fire. Since I live in uh, Akanto, just 15 minutes from Peshtigo. In your podcast, you talked about orbs and it motivated me to send this message to you. When my boyfriend was in high school, he and a bunch of his buddies would go visit the cemetery in Green Lake, Wisconsin to search for the unknown. At the cemetery, they have seen orbs of light that were different mm. colors that moved in all sorts of ways. Orbs, he, huh? <laughs> hey, I listener mail. Listener mm. mail. All right. He said some zigzagged between the tombstones. Some would just hover and others would make circles around a tombstone. Well, one night something followed him home. On his way home, he kept seeing a blue light out of the corner of his eye. And when he turned, it would be gone. His buddy who was driving noticed this too. His buddy dropped him off at the end of the driveway. And when he was walking toward the house, he noticed the blue light again. When he turned around this time, there were two orbs hovering in midair. Then they started to approach him. He freaked, obviously. So he sprinted up the long driveway and into the house. When he looked out his front window, the orbs were moving toward the house and then they dissipated. He told me he has told me many stories and his buddies who live around the world now can vouch for him. 
He after he started going to the cemetery with his buddies, people from a haunting. I love that show. Uh, actually, when uh, went to that cemetery and interviewed one of his classmates. Wow. So orbs, Pat. Yeah. You know, I once saw a blue light too. Um, I was in a Kmart. Remember those? Yeah. Wanda. Did it disappear when you went to look at it? Did it follow you? No, home? but it gave me a great value. <laughs> <laughs> on a pair of long johns it, it was i didn't even need long johns but i saw the blue light went over there it was a blue light special and um yeah got a good discount very nice <laughs> thank you so much michelle for sending in your your story um i thought that was really great we haven't had too many orb stories so at a uh bob have you ever seen any orbs uh, I have. Um, I don't know the validity of how much I buy into it, but it's uh, they're very, very fascinating if you could see them with the naked eye. But when it comes to photos, um, I play a little bit more skeptical on those. Yeah, that one's a little harder because there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, well, thank you. And, you know, if, if you've got a story to share with us, we always want to hear them. Yes. Um, please send them. You can send them to info at ghostlypodcast.com. You can actually leave us a voicemail at 630-448-2138 or we love mail. Yes, real mail. <laughs> real real snail, snail mail. mail. Uh, you can send to P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And if you forgot any of that, just go to our website, ghostlypodcast.com, to get that information at the bottom. And Bob, you guys are doing listener mail as well on Bob After Dark, right? Yes, we are. We are we're doing two things. So we have the normal listener mail where I want to hear your paranormal encounters, your ghost stories, cryptid sightings, lights in the sky, and bizarre dreams. I'm also doing something new for the year 2021, and that is we're going to be listening to your EVPs. So if you have an electric voice phenomena, send that in, and I do have a professional on site, Steve, who is going to be analyzing those and giving you his thoughts on what that might be, what it might be saying, and he also is an expert on the grading scale. So he'll be able to grade your EVP as well and let you know what it could or could not be. I I just love that idea. That's fantastic. And I love that you also ask for the freaky dreams. Yeah. Yes, Dreams are, you know, whether you're a believer or not, dreams are a very, you know, very real thing. And everyone has something a little different to its meaning, whether it be paranormal or not. I want to hear those stuff. I want to hear that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. Well, I definitely have weird dreams, so I'll be sending those in to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, you know, I don't want to know about like waking up, you know, having a dream about mashed potatoes. Like that's that's not what I'm looking for. But like, did a dream you had like correlate with your real life? Did you predict something in a dream, or perhaps answer a question that you've had through the day with it, or did a dream mm-hmm. change your day somehow? Did you wake up with sleep paralysis? Those are the things I'm looking for. Sure, oh. or maybe saw somebody that past or you know yes. there's a lot of those absolutely there. those yeah. are those that's what i'm looking for mm-hmm. very interesting All yeah, right. that's really cool uh you know what rebecca i've had it with these polls okay i refuse to do poll results this episode well you're in luck because there are no poll results this episode because remember oh. we played nice with each other for christmas oh that's right yeah yeah oh, okay good well i can't i can't lose then nope no, you can't. So I'm going to take this one as a win. 
no. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Bob. If I may, I actually have some listener mail. Oh, okay. You guys. Oh, oh awesome. wow. It's from me. Oh, wow. So like, a few weeks ago, I has, I was sleeping and next to me in bed was my Christmas tree, right? And the same thing happened last year. I have uh, wait, wait, several... wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I don't mean to stop you, but you were sleeping with your Christmas tree? No, no. It's across. It's like oh, next okay. to me. If you, it sits <laughs> on my dresser, if my bed's one way. It's like two. Feet oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. No, sorry. that was confusing. I was very okay, confused. I, I do not sleep. The Christmas tree does not <laughs> stay as, in the bed. With I me. mean, as as always happens, my tree was was next to me in bed. <laughs> as, I mean, as we always, have the Yule cat. <laughs> we have the Yule cat, and you're just taking this to a whole nother level here now. Uh, that's listen. Some people sleep with protection, you know, uh, against things. <laughs> I sleep with a Christmas tree. You never know when you're going to need to throw a tree at an intruder. Um, no, so I actually, funny enough, so this happened to me last year, and I, it was completely bizarre. It, so I have electronic ornaments on my tree that, you know, do different things. Like I have the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that plays Ghostbuster, the Ghostbusters theme, and the Ecto one that does the siren. Last year, at 3 o'clock in the morning on the dot, I woke up to hearing the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man playing the Ghostbusters theme. Oh. And I woke up and I was like, I, it struck me awake and doing what I do. I was like, stop it. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> you know, I automatically go straight to the paranormal versus uh, the pad answer of your batteries are probably dying. Right? <laughs> Funny enough, a couple weeks ago, three o'clock in the morning, not only did the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man start singing Ghostbusters to me, but the Ecto-1 went off, which those batteries were brand new. And then I had one weird flicker of light happen on one of the lights on the tree. And wow. I woke up, I heard the ornaments go off in sequence one, two, and then just one light flickered and it stopped. And I was completely upset by it. Fascinated, yes, but I was upset because I got woke up at three o'clock in the morning. Wow. Wow, did you grab your proton pack? Yeah, Pat, that's a prop. Oh, okay. Well, I always, you know, I mean, it looks so real. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I just, I kind of yelled at it. I'm like, listen, I don't know what you're trying to tell me, but I'm trying to sleep. So could you, can you stop? So. Did it, it stop? It, it did. Yeah. They, they, the, the ornaments went through the sequence, but that light just flickered right off after i said that and i know i wasn't dreaming i was wide awake because the noise shot me awake and i was like wait a second this happened to me last year so that's crazy yeah so on christmas day we uh as as you do you perform a seance on christmas day with the family That's a true story. My parents were all excited because I was I was, you know, we I was doing the social distancing. They're like, Oh, will you uh you know, you got some ghost hunting equipment, will you mess around a little bit? And I'm like, Yeah, are you guys asking to do a a Christmas Day seance? So we uh tried to conjure up whatever was there and um didn't have a whole lot of interesting results. It called my dad bald, which was kind of funny. Wow. Is he but, bald? Oh, yes, he is bald. Oh, okay. So it was it was accurate, I guess. Yeah, no, it was that 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 caused me a laugh. And I know Pat's <laughs> probably like Pat's probably coming up with a thousand different skeptical reasons for this, but it was kind of cool because I got to you know experience a Christmas ghosting experience, which is you know tradition's very very old. So I I thoroughly enjoyed that. Well, 
I say we get David Vox Mullen over to your house to perform an exorcism. I, you can. I mean, I could perform one too, but I would love to have Vox over sometime. <laughs> well, I'll I was gonna. Some eggnog. It was funny because I, when you started to say, so then you know, on Christmas Day, I was expecting you to say like, so we did a blessing, you know, we did a cleansing, but you're like, no, no, we tried to contact it. <laughs> as as one do. does, yeah. As one does, you know the. the exorcisms are out in 2021 try to communicate with the dead right yeah. it's all about communication it's all about acceptance <laughs> i got it i got it well actually today's episode involves communicating um with a spirit and an exorcism too it does yeah, yeah. there is an exorcism today yeah so What's our episode about by the way well today i got <laughs> today <laughs> I got we're gonna into this one today we're gonna be talking about the doll known as annabelle all right, guys, that was great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, check out Bob After Dark, the paranormal podcast about legends, lore, supernatural. Good night. Oh, Bob, you're going to love this episode, actually. Uh, so Annabelle was first brought up in the Conjuring movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but has since had several movies of its own. Yes. Like a whole franchise of Annabelle movies. There's been three Annabelle movies. I've watched one. We watched Annabelle. Right, the original, first Just, movie. you know, so that I could be prepared for the episode. But the idea of this episode came about on August 14th, 2020, when I saw a Facebook post of Annabelle escaping from its home in the Warrens Museum. Uh, it turned out to be a hoax, <laughs> but it really sparked my interest in the doll's backstory. Yeah, I think, and I remember that was a big story in 2020, because of course, at, you know, we're all like, ah, oh, what more can 2020 bring? Oh, great, Annabelle has escaped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was not, it was a false news story, but um, yeah, but yeah, but she's still like the amount of news stories on that one item just really made us interested in, okay, well, what is the real story? Or yeah. Okay, real, well, Pat is putting in yeah, quotes, but, exactly. um, you know, the story behind the doll. Well, Ed and Lorraine claim that it is the most dangerous um, thing in their museum. Yeah. Yes, by far. I don't know if you would call it a thing because it's possessed by a person, right? I don't know. So is no, it a thing or is it a, a person? A, is it a, well, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. They, they claim, and we can get into this as we go, that it's a definitely a more demonic yes. possession as opposed to a person. Now, before we, we dive in to Bob, do you want to talk about why it is that we invited you on the Annabelle <laughs> episode and why you want to leave so badly? Uh, because Pat and Rebecca secretly hate me. Um, <laughs> you know, they can't invite me to fun episodes like the Christmas episode. Uh, no, it's the <laughs> it's the haunted doll episode, Bob. Uh, <laughs> joking aside, oh boy, I have, um, you know, if there's two things in the world that frighten me, one is spiders, two is dolls. You and know, fairies these, too, right? It, it does. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've gone on investigations many years, right? And I've, you know, I dive into paranormal stuff, spooky stuff, demonic possession, cryptozoology. And you would think any of those things would terrify me. Now it helps put me to sleep. <laughs> I'm, you know, you, you, read you sleep stories. with a Christmas tree. I, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, you know, those, those things don't bother me. But for whatever reason, it's the, 
it's dolls and it's become kind of um a meme in the Bob After Dark fandom with my children of the night. Anytime I'm at a con, anytime I'm uh, you know, I get fan mail or anything like that or whatever, people like to bring me their haunted dolls. And I I've a vast collection of them, unfortunately, but my God, I hate them. They terrify me. And it's even more than spiders, I would say. It's definitely dolls. I I remember once I was on an investigation and we were trying to track down something and I walked into a room and there was literally, it was a room of dolls. I just closed the door and said, I don't care if it's in there. I'm done. I just, I can't do it. I, ugh. No thanks. Did something happen that in particular or just that's just one of those things you're born with? I mean, no, actually I have an explanation for this. Awesome. I'm going to be dating myself even more than Pat's blue light special. Like, <laughs> such a date. Do you guys remember in the early nineties, late eighties, we had a thing called the video rental store. Yes, I do remember those. You know, you would go on like a Friday night and you would go and rent a movie for the weekend or a video game or whatever. It's I would strange... spend hours in the horror movie section looking at every single one. Absolutely. Over and over again. And that's that's the thing. So, it, one, I miss the experience of renting a movie. I yeah. don't care about sh- streaming's great, fine and dandy, but that's, you know, me on a soapbox for another day. But I remember being a little kid, and my mother always exposed us to, like, things that go bump in the night and horror movies and stuff because she didn't want us to be afraid of anything. She wanted us to confront that stuff and not live, you know, in fear of what could be, right? That's so interesting. Like, I would imagine it would be, like, it would make you scared, but I I guess it didn't. No, no, well, eh. So, you know, it was one of those things. I loved horror movies as a kid, still do to this day. You know, I was real young and watching this stuff and looking back, my mother you know, it probably was the stranger of the parenting, you know, stuff. But I, I, I appreciated how I grew up because it helped me be the person I am today and not be afraid of things. And it kind of helped develop who I am as a professional podcaster now. But the, for whatever reason, I kid you not, the cover of Child's Play 2 <laughs> scared me so bad. <laughs> I had repeating nightmares about the cover of child's play too. It's the one where Chucky's got the scissors with the Jack in the box. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That, that image, I could watch any other horror movie in the entire world and nothing bothered me. And keep in mind, there were other, you know, horror movie, horror movies about dolls that were out that never bothered me, you know, things like demonic toys, puppet master, et cetera, et cetera. Those things never bothered me before whatever reason child's play Two, the cover of it scared me and scarred me beyond belief to where, like, I remember having nightmares every other night about Chucky coming to get me. And I had that repeating nightmare till I was about 17 years old when I finally confronted my fear and watched Child's Play 1, 2, and 3, Bride and Seed. And it, you know, these days it's, I celebrate the films as really good. I thoroughly enjoy the franchise. But I remember being so young at the time that that just messed me up. So that translated into my real life. 
like my, you know, I was the baby of the family and I had an older sister and I remember she would collect these, uh, you know, these dolls, not like porcelain. She would have like the celebrity dolls, you know, like Jessica rabbit or whatever, Disney collections, et cetera. Hmm. And I remember being so frightened. I wouldn't even enter her room. It ah, just, it scarred yes. me. So, nice. so then I started doing, you know, getting into your twenties and I started doing more into the paranormal and researching stuff and getting down to the nitty gritty about what I like. And, you know, you get a lot of these paranormal stories about these haunted dolls and I remember the first time I ever saw, you know, a video of a doll moving on its own due to a possession, it like re-triggered that fear that I buried inside of me for so long. And these days it's, you know, I still have an unrational fear of dolls. I don't like them. I don't like the lifelike stare. And Annabelle just happens to be a uh, a doll. Is it... (laughs) Is it an uncanny valley kind of thing? Like they I, look too real or something? I don't know. I, you know, I, I've done some research into what, you know, it could be. And maybe it's the fact that it's supposed to be like an innocent thing that you keep as a kid that comes after you. Mm. It's like maybe the fact that you um, you're giving a false sense of security around it. Um, man, but I remember like I set up traps in my room as a kid thinking my like sister's dolls were going to come out and get me. Your sister is so brilliant as like the older sister to be like, how do I keep him out of my room? Oh, she, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I remember being a kid and like setting up like army men in my doorframe <laughs> that like, if it came in, it would step on an army man. And for whatever reason that would stop it. Maybe I watched too much home alone. But I totally hmm. Kevin McAllister in my room from dolls for, you know, from when I was like seven till I was 10. Now, but yeah. Now it's all dolls, too. It's not just, you know, creepy looking dolls. No, that's the thing. The creepier the looking of the doll, it's just kind of like, nope. It's the more normal looking ones, and especially porcelain. Those are the ones that really get to me. So what about Raggedy Ann? <sighs> It doesn't bother me as much, but knowing that it's the story of Annabelle gets to me. Yeah. So you're well aware of the story of Annabelle then? Absolutely. Have I, you guys ever I, done an episode on it? I have not because I knew you were going to. So oh, I was, wow. Uh, wow. I put that one off. I wanted to do an entire series on Ed Moraine's uh, investigations oh. and adventures. But so I, do I. I. Put off, I put off Annabelle because I knew you guys were going to do it. And I figured... Because it's a doll thing, I would get invited on. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. There you go. Yeah. All right. Do we have a ghost story? We Rebecca? do have a ghost story. Oh, you've got to be kidding one. me. Of course. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have nightmares now. Pat's going to get phone calls at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll Christmas see. Tree. We'll see. A few months ago, I went to a Night with Annabelle special event. You know Annabelle, right? The scary doll from the movies. Did you know she's real? I saw this ad for a special event where you could buy tickets to a dinner. And the current owner, the Warren son-in-law, gave a talk about the Warrens and showed some of the items from their museum. Well, in the museum is a wooden case that holds the real doll, a Raggedy Ann doll. He warned us before he showed her to us, do not mock her. Do not challenge her. I swear, I kept repeating over and over again to myself, do not mock her. Do not mock her. We were able to get our picture taken with her. I don't know. When it was my turn to get my picture taken, I just, 
I just couldn't help thinking this was a joke, that she wasn't anything scary, that there was no way she was possessed. Well, I would give anything to take those thoughts back. Since that night, my life has become a nightmare. First, I had an infestation of bugs in my home. Well, I explained that away because I had a hoarder neighbor in the apartment next door, and the landlord did nothing. So I moved to my sister's. Next, my stomach started hurting. For no reason I or any doctor could find. Then my dog got sick, and no matter how much I would clean up after him, more would appear, even when he wasn't there. But now I know this is paranormal, and it's because of that doll. I have bugs everywhere, again. This time, there's no reason. I've just deleted all my pictures from that event, deleted any social media posts related to it. I burned the clothes I wore that night. I did a cleansing ritual, apologizing to Annabelle. Now all I can do is pray that all this stops. Wow. And this was based on a blog that I read called Mm. My Life Turned Into a Nightmare After Meeting the Real Annabelle Doll by Marissa Martinez and WickedHorror.com. So I'll definitely put a link to it if anyone wants to go read her full story, which is very detailed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it was scary enough that I was like, all right, that's our story. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I just, you know, apologizing to a doll. I don't know. Hey, whatever you need to do to stop the haunting craziness from happening in your life is what you need to do. Well, you know, my TV recently started talking to me. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, it just starts talking to me. I mean, it has that Google Assist in it, and it tells me things like it's going to turn down the volume or do something, (laughs) but it's super loud, and it comes out of nowhere all the time, and it always scares me. So your TV's possessed is what you're saying. I I think it may be. I think it is. Maybe it's possessed with Annabelle. Well, okay. Annabelle Higgins. Uh, Okay, so we're going to take a small break, and we're going to come back with my history-ish kind of thing. Yeah, so we'll talk to you guys in a second. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. All right, we're back. And um, most of the time... um. When we want to do an episode on the topic, I can look back and trace its history. The story of Annabelle, though, makes this really hard to do. I'm unsure if any of this is fact or if it just started with Ed and Lorraine Warren, and they never give us names of the people involved, and nobody really knows who these people are or if they ever even existed. <laughs> well, and you gave us the story of Ed and Lorraine before. Did I? Yeah, when we did the Conjuring episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. So definitely 
take a listen to that if you haven't yet, um, because Pat goes through their personal history of, yeah. of who they are, how they became paranormal investigators, all of that. And we also did another Ed and Lorraine, uh, which was Amityville. Oh, yes. that's Maybe I'm thinking of Amityville, too. Yeah, yeah so that could be it. We've done a couple of Ed, Ed and Lorraine uh, episodes, so uh, but those have more things that you could research. Mm. Annabelle really doesn't have that much. Um, just some stories. So, um, really creepy stories. <laughs> so, as far as uh, hashtag Pat Facts, thank you, Bob. Pat's Facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pat's Facts. He presents it all to you. Pat's Facts. Facts. This I I don't know how factual this is, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say the story, and um, then we will debate it. Okay, right? yeah. Okay, so here's the supposed origin story of the spooky Raggedy Ann doll that lives or has lived in the Warren Museum. The Warren Museum is currently shut down, I believe, for COVID. Yes. I don't know no, if it's. Wait. It was uh, it shut down after Lorraine died and the son-in-law took everything over. Yeah. There was some zoning issues with the, oh. uh, the like, saying this private residence was like a museum. And then I think it just got a lot to do with um, her passing and what was going to happen with the estate. So that yeah. was it, there was a lot of things. So that was even pre-COVID. It's been done for a couple of years. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though, because like it's one thing if it's your own home and you're just like, I'm inviting people in my home. But then now it's like the son-in-law. Well, I, I think they charge admission, too. So, I mean, yes. I, I think that has something to do with it. Hopefully it opens up in a different location or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, no one was going to you know bother Lorraine about it. But the son-in-law, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the story starts with a nurse named Donna or Deidre. Oh. It depends on which uh, source that you look at. Okay. Um, Donna could be a nickname for Deidre too. Deidre. Deidre. Deirdre. 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 Okay. Um, so she received a Raggedy Ann doll, uh, which actually I priced it out a 1970s Raggedy Ann doll. Would be worth $3,000 right now. I might have one of those. From 1970. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the one that's, you know, some of them are worth more than others. It, what, I, what I read about this, I can't believe I was studying dolls, um, is that it depends upon the clothing that they're wearing. Oh. That's how you could date when the Raggedy Ann doll is. And sometimes the eyes or the nose or something has something to do with it as well. Uh-huh. I don't know. But it's worth $3,000 today if it's in perfect condition. I think that's the wrinkle for me. Like I might have one of those yeah. <laughs> that I got. That's probably older, but doubt it's in perfect condition anymore. There you go. Well, it was it was from her mother that she received this. Um, she lived in a tiny apartment with another nurse named Angie. Yeah. So this was, yeah, this was not like giving a little kid the doll. It was. No, it was an adult. An adult, yeah. They were both nurses and um, yeah, but she really wanted this doll for right. some reason. Uh, every day, Donna uh, would put the doll on the living room couch with her arms and legs pointed out. And when she re- 
turned, she noticed that the doll had moved its position. This kept happening over a series of time. This whole Annabelle story takes place over a year. Okay. Um, so sometimes the doll would even be found in other rooms of the tiny apartment. Sometimes even making its way back to Donna's bedroom that had its door shut. Yeah, I'm pretty nope. sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the first the first time it was significantly moved or moved to a different room, that doll would no longer be in my apartment. Yeah. Well, nope. it, it, gets, <laughs> it gets creepier, though. Okay. Oh, yeah, thrilling. <laughs> because Donna and Angie started finding notes around the apartment saying, help me. Or help Lou. Lou was Angie's fiance or boyfriend, um, and he hated the doll. Let me just say that. He hated <laughs> this doll. These notes were found on parchment and in pencil, and they didn't keep any parchment paper in the apartment. Wow. So the doll brings its own paper. Yeah, it has its own supplies. And a lot of the little stories surrounding the doll happened to Lou. Hmm. Um, one account said he awoke one day to find the doll trying to choke him. Um, if, if he had slept with a Christmas tree, that probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> and another story says that he heard something in the closet and opened the closet door. He waited for the noise to stop, and then he went into the closet to find that the doll was in there. Ooh, what was the doll doing? I don't know. <laughs> Another Lou story, uh, which is the most significant, um, was that he was in the apartment one afternoon while Donna and Angie were out. And he heard noises like someone had broken into the apartment coming from Donna's room. So he went into the room. He found no signs of break-in, but found the doll lying face down on the ground. Suddenly, he felt a searing pain in his chest and looked down to find bloody claw marks running across it. Two days later, they had vanished without a trace. Now, is that something you've heard of, Bob? People yes. getting claw marks? I, I have, too. Getting scratches like that. I've, I've gotten them before from investigations and such. I wake up with random bruises and scratches, so... <laughs> well, we'll talk more about it later, but uh, we'll definitely bring that one up in the debate. But I just was curious if, if you had any experience with it, Bob. All right. All right. So Angie and Donna invited a medium over to help them figure out what was going on. The medium performed a seance and discovered that the doll was being possessed by a five to seven-year-old child named Annabelle Higgins, whose body had been found years earlier on the site where the apartment building had been built. The medium claimed that the spirit was benevolent and simply wanted to be loved and cared for. The two young nurses reportedly felt bad for the spirit and consented to allow her to take up permanent residence in the doll. Mm. But one day, Angie noticed some drops of blood on the back of Annabelle's head and on her mitten-like hands. This is when they decided that enough had truly been enough. <laughs> yes, I would hope so. <laughs> that, I mean, to be honest, why it reached enough a long time ago, but okay. So they called up a priest that they knew named Father uh, Higgin, and he reported it to his supervisor, 
which was Father Cook, who in turn called Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, The Warrens believed that there was actually a demonic force in, in search of a human host within Annabelle and not a benevolent soul at all. Here is what they said in their case files. Spirits do not possess inanimate objects like houses or toys. They possess people. An inhuman spirit can attach itself to a place or object, and this is what occurred in the Annabelle case. The spirit manipulated the doll and created the illusion of it being alive in order to get recognition. Truly, the spirit was not looking to stay attached to the doll. It was looking to possess a human host. So the Warrens ordered an exorcism to be done of the apartment by Father Cook. I didn't know that they had the power to order a priest to do (laughs) an exorcism. They they, obviously have a relationship. Yeah. Um, And the the Warrens had the doll blessed by Cook and set about taking it to their museum. And they put the doll sitting upright in their car and buckled it up, safety belt on and everything, (laughs) uh, to drive home. Um, They drove the back roads, too, to avoid highways, you know, in case Annabelle had powers to make them get into an accident or something. Mm -hmm. And Lorraine said in an interview that the car had problems getting back home. The brakes stalled or failed several times, causing them to almost get into an accident. And after a couple of times of this happening, uh, Ed uh, decided to pull over, and he doused it with holy water. And that seemed to stop it. Yeah, as you do with dolls that are in your back seat that are buckled in. Why didn't they put it in the trunk? Have you ever had to do that, Bob? I. Yes, actually. Well, not like douse it in holy water. I've threatened it plenty of times. And for a while, I was driving with several dolls in the trunk because I refused to let them in my house. And wow. I've had strange experiences with them in the car. And, you know, no, I've never really had to douse my car in holy water. <laughs> but like, you have told them to knock it It's out. like, cut that out, please. <laughs> We're going to live in the backyard. Or I'm going to turn this thing around. <laughs> uh, So when they finally got to their home, Ed and Lorraine placed the doll in a chair next to Ed's desk. But the doll would often be found in other locations around their home. So they put the doll in a display case. They they had this display case made, and they actually put the um, put the Our Father prayer and I think a prayer to Saint Michael's. Mm -hmm. And they have it blessed. Yeah. Right. And um, they placed a sign under it reading. Positively, do not open. So the names of the young priest and the motorcyclist, uh, which I think Rebecca, you're going to talk. I about. I am going to talk about those. Yeah. yeah, those are those are two two th- two people that uh, you know had something happen to them. Yeah, well, their names were never divulged. Neither Donna nor Angie, the two nurses who were Annabelle's first victims, ever came forward with their stories. Neither Father Cook nor Father Hagen appeared to have um, mentioned their exorcism of her ever again. And um, there is, it's really hard to uh, track this down. We also do not know the name of the medium that was used that said it was Annabelle. I did read one thing. I think I don't know if it gave the full name, but it was like a it was a fellow student 
I believe, that was a medium. Oh, okay. Well, I had no idea who this person is or what it is. I, I tried to track down all these people. They're, uh, I have no idea. I just have first names usually. Mm-hmm. Or people that just say that they had no relation with this story. So, so the only sources for your story is are Ed and Lorraine. Ed and Lorraine. Okay. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine and a Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> Boy. Well, very creepy. And, uh, and I think most of that, just to give a little talk about the movie versus um, the story, um, I think most of that part, the nurse's part, is in The Conjuring. Right, Bob? If I remember, yes. it's like at the beginning of that movie. Yes. And, you know, then you start getting, you know, people really fascinated by this doll. And then, you know, you realize that the doll is more important than The Conjuring. So then they start making, you know, a series of films based on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a little I'm a little critical about the Annabelle story, but we'll get to that when it comes to the debate. Oh, sure, I'm glad. Sure. You know, well, I, I do have a question, though, for you, Bob. Sure. So you've done a lot of investigations, um, and those investigations are your stories. You know, those are your stories to own. You get to tell them. Um, but if like some big movie studio offered you a lot of money, would you would you alter those stories for that? Listen, Pat. If the check clears with enough zeros, there's going to be some. Uh... <laughs> Some fantastical information. I mean, added. it's entertainment, right? I That's mean, if we thing. need to elaborate things a little am I, bit. Am I allowed to speak on this prior to the debate? Because <laughs> I ha- I do have a little bit of an opinion on it. Sure. Um, you, you have to understand that, like, there's, there has to be a level of entertainment when you're getting involved with, like, TV movies, et cetera, when it comes to an investigation. Because I, I don't want to be that guy. But a lot of investigation work is standing around. You know, yeah. if I filmed an exact one-to-one investigation and tried to upload it to like YouTube or something, people would be bored out of their minds because you're just kind of standing there waiting for something to happen. If it happens, you know, if it and yeah, that's the other thing. If it happens, I'm not turning team skeptic by any means, but you have to understand that these stories are being adapted for Hollywood. And, you know, that's fine and dandy. You know, they're, they're, they're putting money in to make a budget. And the story is inspired by true events. It's not based on an exact one-to-one story. I assure you. Um, I'm, you know, there are ex- exciting things that happen and terrifying things that happen in investigations and work like that. But if you're, you know, if your life is exciting for two hours straight, that, that would be something amazing. You know what I mean? That, oh, that yeah. you, you have to have a level of entertainment to what you're doing. So the story of Annabelle, in my opinion, ends with the beginning of the conjuring. Yeah. You know, there are, there are some really cool um, stories and I know you guys are going to talk about the motorcyclist. So I'll, I'll keep that. Uh, I'll keep that off now, but minus that Annabelle is literally a fascinating object. And that's, you know, it is what it is. The fact that there's three movies about it and your history section, Pat, is, you know, a few paragraphs long speaks for itself. You know, it's just a thing that people found that people, you know, resonate with or people like me that are frightened of it. So they're going to try to milk it for all that it's worth because that's 
just the way money works. Yeah, but to change the story completely, I mean, it's like I don't that. agree with that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, you got that's what the, what they did at the beginning of the Conjuring for that first half hour bit. That's perfect. You're good. You're done. Um, you know what what you got after that? I feel like is kind of tarnishing the story. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that does take away from the lore of it when you're doing things. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking in a story and adapting it and kind of giving your own spin on it. That's fine. But then at that point, you can't say it's based on a true story. You could say, like, it's inspired by true events. There you go. Um, well, that's, and I, that's, oh, go on, Rebecca. Yeah, no, I was going to say just that, 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 so, right. So the real story is that, or whatever, the story with the nurses is in The Conjuring. All of the movies, none of them are based on any story told by Ed and Lorraine. And it no. doesn't say that it is either. Um, no. I mean, it does say at the end that the real doll lives and they don't, you know, they don't really make it clear that it's not based on <laughs> any stories. You know, they don't go out of their way yeah. to, to say that. Um, but, but any, all, all three of the specifically titled Annabelle movies are not based on any, real story about Annabelle that has been told by people, you know, they're all, those are all just, you know, I, I love them. Wait, especially. so I watched that for nothing? <laughs> the, the first Annabelle film, well, I think, has some resignation to the story. I, but I, past the first one, you're you're on your own. Right, there's uh. like a little bit of the nurses at the very beginning, just as like to remind you. And then also, there's maybe some things that happened with like the priest and driving in the car. You know, some of that could be kind of sort of related, but not really um, to them driving. Um, but I would say to the, so the second movie... The um the creation movie, seriously one of the scariest movies. I love it. I love how it wraps around. It's fantastic. I would totally recommend it. But it's not based on anything that anyone has ever claimed. Um, Fantastical but, fiction. There you go. But the 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 last movie though, the coming home, is based on the museum. And so some yes. of the things in that movie are things that are in the museum. So I don't want it to be like it's totally not based on anything. That one has, and that was such a good in one home paranormal movie fantastic they're great movies <laughs> love them but yes. they're not <laughs> they're not the animal story uh, no, rebecca while she's um, watching these stories will often talk to the tv too of course and tell it <laughs> like don't go in there why would you go in there don't don't do this that's what you do I don't. you know the uh what the biggest thing you can show you know when you're talking about like adapting it to hollywood and trying to make it more fascinating is the fact that they changed annabelle's appearance uh yes. you know tenfold oh annabelle yeah. is not Much scary creepy porcelain doll looking thing it's raggedy ann doll yeah. right you know what yeah. i mean so i mean there's you adapting it they you know obviously put their own spin on it and that's fine i'm i'm okay with that but you can't pass it off as an experience or anything like that you could say that this was inspired by but you can't say this happened one-to-one -one. right does that make sense yep absolutely does, yeah. well i mean it's like any tv movie about any court case or or i mean right. just any life story i mean it's never any jean benet movie that you've ever seen or like whatever i mean those are Jean not benet ramsey yeah like oh, any okay. anything like that. I mean, just any real yeah. life story that gets adapted for tv or movies it's not going to be exactly oh sure, sure the story sure. they're going to have to recreate conversations that nobody recorded so 
you know, but the Annabelle movies go way beyond that. They are not based <laughs> on the Annabelle story. So no. just putting that out there. All right. Well, we should probably take a break and then come back with the debate. Yeah, let's get into this. I can't wait to hear the evidence you have, Rebecca. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back in a minute. Hey guys, what I've learned over the last couple years is the key to a really good podcast is two things, getting plenty of Apple podcast reviews and lots of caffeine. You can help us with both of those. Head over to Apple Podcast, write us a review, and if you feel up to it, you could even buy us a cup of coffee. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ghostlypodcast or just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on the Buy Us Coffee. You can sign up for a membership or a one-time donation to us. It would really be appreciated. All right, we're back and we're ready for the debate. Let's do this. So you have a lot of evidence. I'm just looking over some of that. Yeah, there was a lot and I couldn't even include it all. Wow. All right. So a lot of these are things that you talked about in your history. So that's good. We don't have to kind of go over the details, but I, I do want to go through them and give us a chance to to talk about them. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the marks of demonic possession that Ed and Lorraine noted with Annabelle, right? So you read that paragraph about how, or their quote, right? That they believe this was more demonic than a person. Yes. That was possessing the doll because, you know, people don't possess objects, right? Yep. So they also mentioned three things that kind of mark something as a demonic possession. And I'm excited to talk about this with Bob because I think you'll be able to help us out with this. So the first they mentioned is teleportation, so not only did the nurses claim that Annabelle would move on her own, um, but the Warrens also did, right? So when they first brought her home, um, you know, they didn't put her in the case. Um, they, Like you mentioned, Pat, they kind of had her sitting in an office, uh, but then noticed that she would move around just like she did with the nurses. Yeah. Um, and so that's what prompted them to like, okay, this is not stopping the blessing or whatever the priest did. It wasn't enough. We have to put her away. Um, so I would say that to me is the first sign that this doll is possessed and, you know, is probably the most prominent <laughs> sign that a, that any doll is possessed um, would be finding them in different positions or literally in different a different place within your home. So, okay. Bob, what do you think about that? When you look at a possession, there's different things you have to look at or any kind of supernatural forces at hand, right? You have your, you know, your residual like knockings on the wall or things happening in like a time loop. It, it's very it's very energy stuck in where it's at. Mm -hmm. You have intelligent hauntings, which is I'm going to knock on your wall to let you know I'm there. And then you have demonic, which is full blown, like what you see in the movies. Uh, my walls are bleeding. Uh, my table is shaking. Um, you know, I'm waking up with gouges into my neck that aren't just normal scratches. I'm being choked. Those are uh, those are things that are demonic. If there's, you know, and 
other supernatural things that we as people wouldn't be able to accomplish in life. Uh, an angry spirit can make things happen around the house that was once human, but us as humans, we don't have the ability to teleport around or whatever. So yes, I would buy into the concept that that's a, uh, a demonic thing. Um, there are cases where poltergeist activity, very vengeful, angry spirit, isn't a spirit at all. It's actually us just projecting our negative energy on the environment around us. And it things just happen that we, A, maybe not realize that we do, or B, it's just how we affect the world around us. That's another thing. But that mm -hmm. doesn't strike me as that's the case going on with the doll here. Mm -hmm. that, that, that strikes me as demonic off the bat. Um, it makes it for a more interesting story when you say, oh, there's a demon versus, you know, normal grandma baking cookies at two o'clock in the morning. You know, the, the, the demonic story sells better. But uh, I, I would buy into that. Yes. So what do you think about with Annabelle then? Do you think this particular oh, demon. doll? The okay. demon. The other thing you have to the other thing you have to look into is demonic forces for the most part are very deceptive. Um they want you to feel as if you're depressed because then they can kind of manipulate the energy around you because you're letting it happen. Um, come forth to you as grandma when in reality it's not. The wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. And this uh, one, it was a, supposedly a little girl kind of thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a doll. You know, it's a pretty little doll. Oh, you know, we should just let it stay here. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of all dolls is Bob's get message. Them, get, get rid of them all. I don't, no, just, just burn them. Um, no, but the, the thing is, the fact that it comes across as a a thing where it's saying, I am Annabelle Higgins. I am a seven-year-old girl or six-year-old girl, however old that uh, Pat said she was. That those stories are very normal to demonic possessions. That makes sense. Well, and a demonic possession would follow you from place to place, whereas, you know, a ghost or something would stay in that house, typically. Yes. Uh, a demon can attract to you specifically yeah. or you know uh, or in this case cases, to an object exactly and a, a, a normal spirit in my understanding can do the same thing but not to the fantastical i'm making my you know i'm walking up the walls that's that's demonic possession um so same same concept i would definitely argue that there's what's in annabelle if anything is probably demonic versus normal vengeful spirit hmm. okay. so i'm gonna pose an alternate theory to this to the trans trans teleportation yeah yeah uh so um we don't know the names of donna and angie we don't even know if those were their real names um, so we also, um, only have Ed and Lorraine telling us these stories. So my theory is that they made it up, Ed and Lorraine. And my, my proof to this is the display case that they created. Because without the display case, if there's just a Raggedy Ann doll sitting in the museum, it's not as believable that this is the most dangerous thing that they have in their museum. 
Um, and a lot of the other stuff in their museum has been debunked as well. Um, like they have a Necronomicon that they said was the first book of shadows um, that was translated into English and that this is the most powerful book. And uh, actually, it wasn't a book of shadows at all. It was a fictional story <laughs> that they have. Um, so it, there's a lot of things in the museum that just don't add up. And um, it's all just horrific for the idea of being being horrific. It's just it's just there to sell people on the idea and on Ed and Lorraine. And in the stories that uh, we've looked at, like The Conjuring and uh, Amityville, um, there is a lot of fantasy involved in these stories that either were created for the movies or were created by Ed and Lorraine themselves. I, you know, the more I look into Ed and Lorraine, the less I believe of them. So... Uh, so my theory is that they made this up, and the display case is just there to to promote it. Can I interject? Yeah, I have a counterpoint. Okay, it's this this is it only has one tangent. I promise. Let me start off with the Ed and Lorraine thing about who they are as people. Ed was Ed is a very knowledgeable person when it comes to the occult. And I believe Lorraine was touched with some sort of gift. Um, by the way, folks, I am utmost respect for Ed and Lorraine. I do, at the end of the day. But I do understand, too, that Ed was a showman. Um, he had a, a, a way of presenting paranormal investigations to the greater world um, and to make it seem a little bit more fantastical. You know, it, it brings it to the limelight. Um, I believe that Ed did notice that Lorraine had some gifts. And I don't want to say the word exploit, but, you know, was able to kind of use that ability to kind of get what they needed. Um, I do believe that they, uh, being investigators, that they, they, they did have fine things. And I do think that Ed was definitely trying to help sell some books and, you know, they had their TV show at one point and, you know, these movies and documentaries, interviews, you know, they, 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 they have that and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I understand the need of wanting to be an entertainer because not everything we do in the paranormal, you know, academic isn't going to sell a book. Um, so I understand, and you know, I'm not, I'm not dogging them for what they do. Uh, flip side of that with the whole, you know, people thing that we couldn't find the actual names of these people. I can tell you for a fact that people that experience traumatic events, especially when it comes to the paranormal tend to want to be remaining anonymous for a lot of reasons and want to not be found. Um, typically, when you go public about a paranormal experience, especially back then, it was kind of frowned upon and looked at as if you were a crazy person. And if you worked in the public light or you worked in a sen sensitive situation, a la police officer, teacher, medical professional, you were deemed even worse, you know, it's, it, than if you were, you know, standard 
whatever you did, because those jobs had like a certain respect title to it. And if you came forward and said, oh, my God, my doll is trying to kill me, not only are you going to look like a crazy person, but now you're calling your professionalism up front because you you should know better than to say those types of things. And I've experienced that firsthand with interviews and investigations I've been involved with is people don't want to be named because they don't want to come off as a crazy person because there's a certain stigma of coming out and saying, I've seen a ghost, I've seen a cryptid, you know, there it's a fear of not wanting to a be reminded of it and B you don't want to look like a, you know, a, a symbol of public humiliation. So I would say that it's not completely out of the ordinary for our story of the two nurses not to come forward with the medium. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you for that one, but for the two nurses, I'll bite. I'm going to stand up for them and say, that's probably the reason why we don't know them is they don't want to be found. And and that does make a lot of sense, but there is a lot more people in this story than just the nurses. There's Lou. Lou never came forward. Uh, there is the medium, as you said, and then there's the there's the priest. Uh, one of those people should have came forward and vouched the story, at least, or or whatnot. But you know, well, I will say this: I don't believe that. Kind of going off a little bit what Bob said, and kind of what you said is the idea that I don't think that Ed and Lorraine made up stories completely based on nothing. Like, do I think that they got called in because there was these two nurses that had this doll that they thought did freaky things? Yes. How freaky? How real? You know what I mean? How much they embellished, I guess I'll say. That, I think, could be a question. Did it need to go in a glass case? I think we could we could ask that question. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I don't think, I do think that there probably were people that had a doll that they thought was 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 acting weird and doing weird things and they didn't know how to explain it called their priest the priest had a relationship with ed and warren called them and i think bob your point of you know even today people don't like to to be named but you're right especially in the medical profession you're just starting out in your career can totally understand why you wouldn't want your your name out there um for that and the catholic church they tend not to talk yeah, about no. these things at all and they probably didn't really have authorization to do it the priest probably shouldn't have called Ed and Lorraine that kind of stuff but um, anyways I don't know to me the like a doll moving on its own would certainly freak me out um, but we don't have any recordings or photos of yeah. it so okay there's that how would you rate this on a scale from 0 to 10 Rebecca um, so I'm going to give this one a 7 Seven. Yeah, That's because strong. it's it's two different groups of people. Again, I'm believing that the nurses that this did happen. I, I guess I'm also basing it on the fact that we have evidence of other dolls doing some of this behavior. So I'm going to go with the fact that this is one of those dolls. Um, so I, I rank this one a little higher. All right, Bob, how do you rank this? Uh, based on my fear of dolls alone, I would go with a 10. Uh, <laughs> uh, joking aside, logically, I would probably go with like a 7.5. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I am going to rate this a zero. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, surprise. And, surprise, um, surprise, surprise. But also, you know, one thing I'd, I'd like to bring up that I don't know if I would have time to bring up in any of the other uh, pieces of evidence um, Lorraine only discovered her powers after she was with Ed. 
Again, I think I've I, you say that I swear I've read that she felt like she had some experiences when she was younger. She just didn't realize what they were. Yeah. Well, she I, only realized what they were after meeting Ed. I can attest, though, you know, you I've talked to plenty of people who didn't realize they, what they had. I mean, I uh, I don't want to dive into my own personal stuff, but I mean, you could really come off as a crazy person yourself if you start thinking things are happening around you. And then you meet somebody that's a little bit more accepting and you can, you know, I don't want to say coming out of the broom closet there, but you can kind of come to terms with what's going on around you versus you feeling like a crazy person. Oh, sure. Sure. I don't don't want to fight you tooth and nail on this one, Pat. But uh, my my thought, though, with this is that Ed um, somehow manipulated her into or or he... um, he took what she would say and and explained that as being a paranormal gift, and um, therefore I and I really do not believe Ed Lorraine. I could believe a little bit more, but Ed, I really don't believe. I I mean, looking at him, um, like in interviews and stuff, there are patterns when people lie, and he hits a lot of those patterns. Over and over again. So um, I, I just, I have no faith in Ed. So, so. we're not going to get a, a real high scores from you today. Is this Probably what you're, not. you're telling us? I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> but I do come with alternate theories for all of your stuff. I oh, think. okay. All right. Well, let's go into the next one. Okay. Oh, wait, what was your, oh, you said zero. Okay. So the next uh, thing that they mentioned is a mark of demonization or a de- demonic possession um, is materialization which was noted by the parchment paper notes left by the doll saying, help me or help Lou, um, which they certainly do in the movies. They certainly do a lot of uh, crayon writing on the walls. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> in oh, the movie. Just mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Bob, what do you think about the notes? Do you think that is something that happened? No. <laughs> okay. I, uh, there's only so much I could buy into what something can manifest and do. Um, I mean, it's manifesting I, I, the paper. That's the thing. You're you're not you're only you're not only manifesting paper. You're writing. You're manifesting a writing utensil, and then you're manifest uh, man, like manifesting the will to communicate by written ways. Um, I've never been involved with a case myself where I have woken up to finding random notes around my house. I've heard stories and been kind of involved with like writing on the mirrors when, you know, you take a shower and you come out and there's like steam, Mm -hmm. but like a physical, here is a piece of parchment paper. Here is some writing on the scroll, you know, uh, and I don't know if I buy into that one so much. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, my alternate theory on this one okay. is going to be my alternate theory on your next one as well. Ah. Um, so what I find very interesting is how, so if this happened, first of all. Okay. So, if, so um, there is, there are nurses. There is. Yeah. Again. We're assuming that there are nurses, that they had the Raggedy Ann doll and that these notes did happen. Lou hated this doll. Mm. I believe Lou planted these things. Because why would it say help Lou? 
Yeah, that does seem it, that doesn't <laughs> really fit into the narrative. So that is my theory: is that Lou planted these. Ah, interesting. Yeah, just to to beef up the possession story to get rid of the doll. That's a that's a real big hatred of a doll. He hated it. <laughs> Lou might be my hero. I think <laughs> Lou might be the hero of this story. I mean, just think, just think about it. They're probably sitting on the couch watching. Uh, they probably weren't watching a movie unless it was like a made-for-TV movie because right, this is right. 1970. Yeah. Um, but they're sitting there watching something on TV. You know, he puts his arm around his gal, and she has her arm around a doll. <laughs> A Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> he hated this doll with a passion. He wanted it. He wanted it gone. Wow, that's a real extreme, extreme measure there. Yeah, could have just been like, oh, I guess she's lost, and and then like that. No, he couldn't. He didn't want to hurt her, his fiance. He just, <laughs> so he just wanted to make her believe that yes. she was <laughs> Yes, that is it. That is it, and that's what I'm sticking with. For All this. right. Well, I have to say, I'm also with Bob. I this seems very. It, it only happened one time with the notes, and uh, no, it supposedly happened oh, several times. several times. Yeah, yes. I don't know. It's just, but I, I don't know. It's, it seems a bit extreme. All right. So, what is your rating then, Rebecca? So, my rating on that one is up. Is a four. Four. That's really low for you. It is. It is. Like, yeah, okay, maybe, but probably not. All right. Bob, what do you rate it? Um, I'm going to... Dude, I, I've never done this before. I'm going... Like, if you're talking straight parchment, paper, and pen, I want to <laughs> stress this. Parchment, paper, and pen, I'm going with a zero. Ow. It was a pencil, though, Bob. Okay, well, that's the same thing. <laughs> same thing. If you're manifesting wow. a piece of paper and manifesting a pencil, I'm going with a zero. <laughs> now, if you find writing on the walls and you can't find the writing utensil, I'll buy into it. If you're having dreams about it and it's communicating with you directly, I'll give you a 10 all day. But you're telling me that this thing could not <laughs> communicate with you any better than with pen and paper as if you're doing snail mail. A metaphysical snail mail. I'm going with a zero. And that's probably my first zero you're ever going to get out of me, wow. by the way. Wow. Well, Raggedy Ann did not actually have a mouth. It was just a drawn-in piece, so it couldn't talk. <laughs> Yarn. Bob. Oh, great. Now Pat's changing his number. Ah, what's your number? I'm going Pat? to 10. No, I'm going. I'm... <laughs> this is not opposite day. Yeah, it's not. I am going to go with a zero again and say that I... I suspect Lou in this. <laughs> All right. So then you said this This relates to our third piece of evidence, which uh, is the mark of the beast given to fiance Don. Um, I mean, uh, he had, Lou. Oh, Lou. Why did I say Don? That's I don't really know. weird. But I don't know where what I was manifesting and writing my notes for <laughs> myself here. Um, no, like what? Okay, so I mean, there was a lot of things that happened to Lou, right? Sometimes they're they're told as it was a dream that he had that he thought was real. Sometimes it's that he woke up and then it happened that she was at the foot of his bed, uh, choking him, like whatever. A lot of different things, but every story has him getting scratched, um, and that is something that I absolutely have personally seen um, uh, and heard. Um, stories of so uh, I find this one a really interesting um, piece of evidence so what do you think Bob yeah I'll bite um, 
angry, vengeful spirit, demonic possession. And I'm telling you this as like personal experience, like it's happened to me, um, like awake, not sleeping. And I have gotten gouges. Um, it doesn't always necessarily mean straight demonic. Um, it could be just extremely vengeful or angry. So if you're, you know, if you're arguing towards that, I could argue against it. But the fact that it could cause it, absolutely, um, I'm, I'll bite. I'm into it. All right. So um, what I noticed in all the stories of of Lou is that nobody else was there. He was by himself. Nobody else was witness to him being choked or the doll in the closet or walking into the room that he thought somebody had broken into. Nobody else was there. I believe that <laughs> I believe that Lou did it to himself. Wow. And then he healed himself in two days? I believe that they were superficial. Mm. That they weren't, you know, big. I have no pictures. I have nothing to base anything on, and nor do you guys. So, I mean, I'm just saying... That in my theory, it could be a very superficial scratch that goes away in two days. And who says it actually went away in two days? The story <laughs> said that. That was it. I mean, there's no proof of that. So I I, I think he scratched himself. Wow. He really hated this doll in your, in your story. He did. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one also a seven. Uh, because again, I have had too many people tell me stories, show me pictures. Um, you know, this just seems like a really scarily common thing that can happen, uh, with spirits. What do you think, Bob? What's your rating? Eight and a half. Wow. Wow. See? Yeah. You know, I've, I've experienced it. Like I've, I've had it happen to me and I mean, there's not much else I could say other than that. I've been involved with the possession and I've been involved with exorcisms and I've seen the scratches and it's not something you're just doing in your sleep. Like I've seen it manifest on skin. So I'll, I'll bite. Wow. What are you thinking, Pat? I'm going to give it a one. Whoa. What just happened? I'm going to give it a one because, um, again, I have, I can't see pictures and I can't, I, I, there's, there's a lack of, supporting evidence to this particular piece of evidence that you have mm-hmm. or lack of physical evidence uh i i have no idea of what happened but you know i believe things can happen to you while you sleep things can happen to you while investigating a room that was broken into and um you know i'm thinking that a scar is possible so so i like in other words your one is like he did get scratched potentially just maybe not by a oh yeah definitely not by anything but yeah (laughs) all right uh so let's move on to uh evidence number four so we're moving away from the marks of demonic possession and moving to uh once annabelle got in her case so we're we're gonna um, talk about once they actually got her back to the house and ended up putting her in the case. Um, so Ed claimed that a priest who was visiting, um, so Ed showed him the doll, actually taking it out of the case because this was a priest. So he was just talking to him about like what had happened and the um, exorcism and the you know how he brings in a priest every month. And he was telling him how she was really dangerous and how she attacked people. The priest 
who he they he's always described as a young priest, um, so a, a little little hotshot priest, um, grabs the doll and tells the doll Ed and Ed that she could not have demonic powers. He was mocking this doll, like, "Come on, you don't have anything." Ed is like, "Don't do this. This is not a good idea." But the priest just laughs him off, right? So then he leaves, and on his way home, the priest is in a car accident. He was okay, but he did end up in the hospital. Um, He later called Lorraine and told her that the last thing he remembered before the accident was looking in the rearview mirror and seeing Annabelle. (laughs) Okay. All right, Bob, where are you at with this one? (laughs) I'm sorry. Why, why, man, why do we start with me? Well, we always start with you. Yeah, I give the evidence and then we go to you. Uh, That's fair. Um, Yes, that's a good question. So <laughs> this isn't the, as on crazy as this sounds, this isn't the first time I've ever heard of a story very similar to this. Um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the story of Robert the Doll. Oh, um, I, I, Key West. I, I have not, I do not have the bravery to do an episode on Robert the Doll yet. I do. I have. I know. Mm-hmm. I was. I haven't even listened to your episode yet. Like that's <laughs> so how terrified the, I am of that doll. Second most terrifying doll in the world, I would say, is probably Robert, and it's a very similar story. People taunt the doll, and bad things happen. And there is letters in Robert the doll's case of people apologizing to Robert for taunting or taking a photo without permission, etc. So, I mean. That's it's not as crazy as it sounds. Um, do I believe that something can mess with somebody outside of a home? Yeah, if the entity is powerful enough and malevolent enough, and I guess that bored enough to want to take on somebody like that. Um, the fact that you're seeing Annabelle in your rear view mirror, maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical on that because if bad things are happening to you at that moment and you're kind of you know, you're trying to manifest something, I guess, in panic, and that's what you see out of sheer just frightenment. frightenment. Um, I'll, I'll bite into it. I'll, I'll say I could I could get into it. I don't know if I necessarily think I'm seeing Annabelle in my rearview mirror as bad things are happening. So, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was laughing at, just the idea that, you know, <laughs> he's driving down the road, looks in his rearview mirror, and sees Raggedy Ann in there and crashes, you know. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We shouldn't laugh. It's like, if it really happened, it'd be scary. It's like, it's like the Muppets attack, you know. <laughs> um, so that's where I'm at with it. Okay. So my my alternate theory on this one is it's complete BS. <laughs> um, because we don't know who the priest was. We never got any name. It, again, it's Ed. It's Ed just telling us these stories. Is it possible that Ed is lying? Is it more possible that Ed is lying than it is that there is, you know, this haunted doll that appears in people's rearview mirror as they're driving down the street? You know, it is more probable to believe that Ed is a liar. Mm. Well, for me, I'm torn on this one because so, you know, Bob, you bring up a good point about other dolls that are, you know, um, that can uh, take vengeance, I guess we'll say, or send bad luck with people, you know, uh, when if they if they don't treat them right. Um, but I also could just see that this guy, you know, almost um, 
was was really actually scared in this situation and that that him grabbing the doll and saying you have no power and I don't believe you know whatever was actually just a manifestation of his fear um yes. you know what I mean like why else would you like if you really didn't believe it like you wouldn't grab the doll and be like I don't believe you have power like <laughs> you know like you would just like be like all right dude whatever like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't bother with that so he obviously has this in his heart and so now is the doll what's what caused him to be like paranoid while driving and like think that he sees this in the mirror or is it his own brain doing it? You know what I mean? And like Mm -hmm. causes him to see that. And I mean, if you, if you were driving, if you had just met the, you know, one of the scariest dolls in the world and were told like, Oh, you shouldn't have mocked it. You know, like all of this stuff, like, is it possible that you, if you thought that you saw her face in your mirror, that you would crash like that's not an impossible thing um again whether or not it's really the doll that did it or just your own brain i think that's where i'm a little like eh, i don't know so what do you rank it then so i'm gonna give it a five because i'm in the middle of it right in the middle right in the middle okay bob are you in the middle stuck in the middle with you i'm going <laughs> with a five yeah, okay. right? It could go either way. What do you think, Pat? Uh, I'm going to go zero. Okay. I think it's complete <laughs> BS. <laughs> Just, I I don't even think that there was a priest. I mean, that that is as far as I go with this one. Zero with that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I've got one more story for you. We kind of referenced this one. Uh, uh, both of you have uh, already today. Okay. Um, so this one is potentially the worst one. Um, A visitor to the Warren Occult Museum died after mocking Annabelle. Here is the story from History versus Hollywood website. Uh, The young man had apparently come to the Occult Museum on his motorcycle with his girlfriend for a tour. As Ed Warren was giving the tour, the young man started to mock the doll. And while doing so, he ran up and began tapping on the glass of the case that the doll is enclosed in. He challenged the doll to put scratches on him like it had supposedly done in the past to the man named Lou, um, who had been friends with the doll's former owner, Donna. Uh, Ed kicked the young man out of the museum. So he was so disrespectful, Ed kicked him out. Uh, Approximately three hours later, the young man died when he lost control of his motorcycle and hit a tree. His girlfriend survived but remained hospitalized for over a year. I also read somewhere that she... The girlfriend said that when the crash happened, they had been laughing about the talking and laughing about the doll again. Hmm. All right, Bob, what is your thoughts on this story? Um, I'm going back to my Robert the doll thing. It's, you know, you, and you taught something and something may come and happen to you. Um, yeah, a hundred percent, man. You, uh, don't mess with things and then be surprised when it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Rebecca, do you have anything further? To- I mean, other than I kind of, this one, it, I believe a little bit more than the priest one, just because um, it does seem like this, like the priest seemed like he was just truly terrified of the doll. Whereas this just seems like a, like a, a classic horror movie jerk that doesn't believe and is like tap, tap, tap. And yeah, give me scratches, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, very much like inviting the doll to, um, kind of get in his head and, and, and do stuff. Um, so my thought to this is 
you know, I, I've done a lot of comedy on stage and stuff like that. And the hecklers are always the people that are drinking. Mm, that's true. It's never a stone sober person that's heckling me. It's always somebody that's, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty drunk. My theory is that maybe the motorcyclist, which, by the way, don't know a name of the motorcyclist, um, don't know a name of his girlfriend, just Ed telling us these stories. Um, but my theory is maybe he was drunk and, you know, got into a drunk driving accident. I mean, it was three hours later, but you could be, be even more drunk in three hours. <laughs> uh, yes, that's true. So that is my theory on the motorcyclist. If there was a motorcyclist, if it wasn't just Ed telling stories again, mm. he, he does like to do that. So, um, so how would you rank this, Rebecca? Uh, so I, my thought is again, I, so I would imagine again, thinking about Ed a little bit, sorry, just, you made me think about this, just what you were saying is like, again, I wouldn't surprise me if there really was a motorcyclist that died after visiting the museum, whether or not he had mocked Annabelle that day or not, that could be up for question, I sure. suppose. Um, but I could see Ed kind of being like, oh, well, you know, I had to, he was drunk. I had to kick him out. He got in an accident. It was because of the doll. Like we're good. that's the story we're going with. Like I could see that. So I'm gonna give it a six. Like a six. I okay. like you know, Bob. Really, you pushed me a little bit with that with the Robert the doll thing, and that it is a thing. But I'm not quite as much there as I am with like the doll could have been moving around. Like that to me is a little bit more believable. Okay, and um, Bob, what is your ranking on this one? Now, if you, I was halfway expecting because I've heard the story dozens of times. Halfway expecting for you to be like, and the motorcyclist didn't report it that they saw Annabelle on the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just that supposedly they had been no, talking I, about her at that moment. Yeah, I, um, I'll buy into the concept of somebody taunting something like that and something bad happening. Um, did it happen at the museum? Is Ed telling the truth? Nah. Um, going back to being stuck in the middle with you. I got, you got me out of five. Okay. All right. I'm going to go zero on okay. this one. Okay. All right. But I, <laughs> I do have a skeptic, uh, skeptical piece of evidence to add to our evidence. Oh, okay. This is new. So interesting. Annabelle, um, was the name of a doll that was in a Twilight Zone episode that came out five years prior to... Uh, Annabelle being bought, so 1960s something. Um, I believe that they took the concept from the Twilight Zone episode. What episode are you talking about? I don't know. There's a Twilight Zone episode in the 60s that referred to a haunted doll as Annabelle. Oh, I thought you were talking about talking Tina. No, Annabelle. Gotcha. My it was actually the name. So, I mean, I'm just saying that the name was already out there um, beforehand. And that's an unusual name for a doll, Annabelle, right? I don't know. I mean, just like any, I mean, it's an older name now. I don't know back then. I mean, the woman who played the mom in the Annabelle movie was named Annabelle. Was named yeah. Annabelle. So, yeah. I mean, it's a name. I it is a know. name, but it's an unusual name to give a doll. Hmm. But yeah, it was, uh, oh, uh, there, there was a woman named Annabelle in the Talking Tina episode. Okay. 
or maybe it's another doll or something like that. And whatever. So yes, there is. But it is that episode that you're talking Just in case people want to yeah. watch it. Okay. You know, that's-, that's a jam, by the way. I'm a big uh, Twilight Zone fan. You guys go watch yeah. Talking to Twilight Zone's awesome. But I'm just saying, though, it's like that concept was already there. So mm-hmm. whether or not the nurses got the name and, or the medium got the name Annabelle from that, I don't know. It just seems kind of an unusual name for a doll and for it to be five years prior to the Annabelle Raggedy Ann doll. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to rate that piece of evidence a 10. <laughs> you just wanted to give a 10. It's really, I'm giving it a zero. What? <laughs> hey, Pat. Yeah. I have a uh, piece of um, factoid for you. Oh, a Pat fan? And- Pat's facts. From a skeptic point of view. Pat's facts. He presents it all to you. Pat's facts. 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 Well, I guess this is just a quick Google search Bob fact. Um, in the past 15 years since 19, oh, this was written back then, but since 1995, Annabelle is in the top 850 spots of most popular female names. Wow. It's a mm. popular name. Interesting. I'm wondering if that is because of the doll, though. Oh, Annabelle buys her daughter, Christy, a wind-up doll named Talking Tina. Talking uh, Tina. Okay. <laughs> welcome to twilight Twilight zone talk i don't know there maybe there's another episode too i have no idea all right well it's time for overall rating okay so zero to ten rebecca what do you rate the annabelle story based upon your question that you posed in the beginning which was is the annabelle doll possessed all right i am gonna give it uh i'm gonna end up at a at a seven with this one a seven overall. Overall. Even though you only gave like two things seven out of your I five. gave like three two or three things seven. I don't know. And then and yeah. But no, overall I'm gonna I'm gonna get you know, it's not the, my highest score, not my lowest. So seven. Okay. All right, Bob, where are you at? Based on my fear of dolls alone, this this one gets a ten thousand. <laughs> um joking aside, I presented with all the facts I facts i have to use that in quotation because of pat um (laughs) presented with all the information i have it makes sense a lot of the times with uh with what you got going on there i'm gonna have to give it a solid eight wow you went even higher yeah there you go i mean this doll inspires some stuff Exactly. And I ha- in my debate part, I actually have a uh, reasoning behind why I think it's as powerful as it is. All right. Is. We're going to get, yeah, like your closing argument, which we're coming yes, up. Yes, yeah. closing Got argument. It. I All have right. something to it. Okay. okay awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to give it a zero. Um, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to give it a point five with that one in there? I never, I, I never will uh, divide a point. So, okay. As far as this goes. So you're rounding down. Yes. I'm rounding down from like a point zero 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 one. Um, yeah, and um, I hope to be able to express that in my closing arguments. Okay, okay. Well, so that brings us to the closing arguments. Uh, this is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. 
Um, Rebecca will be the timekeeper in this episode because we're using the phone to talk to Bob and I can't time it then. (laughs) So you have to trust me that I will uh, time myself. It is so hard to do correctly. So hard to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to. Okay. Um, so, um, let's go with Rebecca first. Ladies first. Okay. Sounds good. So you have one minute on your clock. Yep. All right. And go. All right, so I do think that Annabelle is a haunted doll. I do think that um, this was a doll that uh, there maybe was something going on in that apartment already, uh, and then the doll just uh, turned out to be a vehicle um, for what was going on in that apartment. Maybe there were some interesting dynamics going on um, with that that Lou guy. Um, but, I, you know, to me, it just... There's no way this is just like completely made up. I mean, there's just uh, too many people in the story, even though we don't necessarily have names. Um, I do think that it it's, is completely possible for there to be a doll um, that moved on its own because we've seen that before. I do think it could have caused marks on people, um, that it could have scared these ladies, um, and, and that it could have continued that even as it went to Ed and Lorraine Warren's. Is it maybe scary as they say? Maybe not. Oh, I heard your. I went timer a little over. You went a little over. Yeah. All right, Bob. Are you ready? <sighs> yes. Okay. And go. So you have to understand if Annabelle is haunted, which I totally believe is, you have to understand that over the years, people gave it energy. People talked about it. People feared it. Um, the story itself kind of heightened it. It's kind of a tulpa at this point. So if there was a low-level spirit in it, well, we gave it a lot of oomph over the years by talking about it, making movies about it, and that would be why I would say it's as powerful as it is today is because we give it attention, we give it fear, and we give it the energy that it would need to thrive. There's just too much bizarre things going on with it that I would say that there's probably nothing going on and with my remainder of the time of this, I would like to say we did not mention microclimates one time in this episode. And that <laughs> is my closing argument. <laughs> Good. You even had eight seconds left. No, you know what? Thank you for saying that, Bob, because I actually read an article that had, you know, with the whole Annabelle escaping. There was an article where they interviewed a haunted doll expert. Um, well, who is that? They need to. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you need to go. Please go find a hobby. Please. <laughs> or go Please. on Bob After Dark. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what that person was saying is they're like, you know, if the, they're like, what would happen if she escaped or, you know, was taken out? <laughs> and, um, and and they said we, it would be something to worry about because we've been giving this doll this energy you know, for all this time. And so it definitely would have increased potentially. So in let's its destroy power. the doll. That don't work like that. It, yeah. Let you me try. A, Let me you try. Destroy, you destroy a vessel. The thing still hangs around, man. You should know this. And then it could enter you. It could do something funky. You don't. You don't and then I'm going to be possessed by a haunted doll. Then I'm really going to be mad. <laughs> Are you ready for your. Argument? I am ready. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Pat's got the boxing gloves off for this one. I can mm-hmm. sense it. <laughs> All right, ready and go. So if this was a court case, would we have enough evidence to be able to convict this Annabelle? And the answer is no, because 
Uh, no witnesses have really come forward. We have no names. No names except for Ed and Lorraine Warren. Both of them have passed. Both of them gave several interviews on the topic, but uh, Ed's story changes sometimes. Very small, little details, but it changes. And for somebody like Ed to have this prized possession of the most dangerous item in his museum, for his story to change even slightly just seems odd to me. You would think that this would be concrete in his in his mind, that he would know the story backwards and forwards. But uh, he oftentimes switched around why the gift was given and the age of the doll and a few other things. Ooh, time is up. And I'm done. Okay. So I used all my time this time. You did. You're very passionate about yeah, this one. I felt like it was needed. Okay. So, um... And Bob, thank you so much for coming back on Ghostly. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate your your insight into the world of spooky dolls. Oh, thank you. Can I uh, plug the show a little bit here? Absolutely. Folks, if this is your first time ever listening to Ghostly and you enjoyed my voice and the nonsense I spew, uh, check out Bob After Dark. Uh, we talk about legends, lore, and supernatural, things that go bump in the night, lights in the sky, and my favorite, cryptozoology. I, uh, we are a weekly show, which is great because I never stop doing what I do, and you can hear the pain in my voice as I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys can find me wherever you listen to great podcasts at, and I do have a live show if you're into live stuff. You can catch me every week on uh, Facebook Live, because I doubt you're in the area to listen on the radio. Uh, Facebook.com slash Bob After Dark. You can like me there, and if you have ghost stories or stories yourself you'd like to share with me, Bob After Dark Show at gmail.com. Yeah, and every once in a while, I'm on Bob After Dark. We need to get Rebecca. My New Year's yes. resolution for 2021 is I'm getting Rebecca on. I'm, I, I need some uh, I need some Rebecca in my life. I get enough of Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, interesting yeah. thing, we are at Rebecca's house recording. Um, Bob is not with us. Bob is via phone. But yes. um, there are a bunch of spooky dolls like... I'm aware within, I visited there the, a foot of me. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, I walked into that house and I was, my first time visiting uh, Rebecca's house, I walked in and I said, oh, oh. I totally <laughs> forgot about, like, I don't even think about them. They're in a, they're, oh. they're in a case. Uh, they were given to be, given to me by my grandmother growing up. Um, I got a, a Madame Alexander doll every year. You know, other people got American do uh, girl dolls. <laughs> I got Madame Alexander dolls. Uh, and I think is, I've never thought of them as scary just because I grew up with getting them and I thought they were beautiful and I would play with dolls and, and everything. So I never thought of them as spooky. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't get creeped out by creepy dolls because I do. Um, I've just never thought of these particular dolls as spooky. Um, but I felt bad because I exposed Bob to like, a cabinet Listen, full um, of porcelain dolls that he was not ready for listen 2021 folks i'm begging you if i'm back at conventions and you see me at a con don't bring me a doll don't bring me don't bring in the doll to show me don't don't send me them please well I'm i mean it's one thing to bring it to show you i mean that's that's scary but like it is not actually fair i think to 
burden you with like, hey, I bought this doll for you. <laughs> oh, I'm buying a doll for haunted. No, you're not. <laughs> well, it's one thing to buy just a doll, but like <sighs> a doll that you're like, no, there's like proven evidence of it being haunted. Here you go. Like, that's could, not fair. Can like, we share a fun story real quick before we go yeah, off? Yeah, please do. So last year at C2E2 2020, um, Pat, Rebecca, and I were at um, – Oh God! Um, the artist, I, Scott Larson. Oh yeah, Scott Larson's yeah. paranormal panel on um, co-starring Ursula, Ursula, the uh, the paranormal writer in Chicago, and uh, Scott was very cool and let us go up uh, the three of us, and we got to talk a little bit about our shows at the panel. And uh, afterwards, someone comes up to me. And they say, hey, you're Bob from Bob After Dark. And I'm like, yes, I just announced that. But hello. <laughs> and Pat and Rebecca were right there. They witnessed this. And they're like, somebody told us that we had to bring this to you and show you. <laughs> <laughs> and the husband, the husband shows me this doll. And I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, ah. Well, maybe now and- they'll bring Christmas trees. Yeah. <laughs> Because we know you like to sleep with your Christmas tree. So this doll apparently <laughs> is extremely famous. Oh, good. And has been investigated on like TV shows and stuff as being an extremely haunted doll. And they've been in contact with me. Oh, goodness. Unfortunately, uh, COVID happened and I couldn't make the trip down. But, oh, gee darn. Oh, man, that's, that's just unfortunate. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they bring me this world famous haunted doll. And I was like, oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> Can't y'all give me other cursed artifacts, statues, amulets, you know, whatever? No. <laughs> what Bob about gets rings? What about a baby Yoda doll? Are you afraid of baby Yoda dolls? I have one sitting right next to me right now. That don't bother yeah, me. Yeah, no, baby okay. Yoda's fine. So baby Yoda, okay, but Raggedy Ann, not so. Well, okay. it's not a person. It's a Yoda. <laughs> All right. Well, I want (laughs) to I want to thank you all so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best form of advertisement. In our next episode, we are going to be going back to a former listener choice episode. Uh, This one scored second place in that. Um, It's Titanic. And uh, that will be coming out on January 20th. Yeah, very excited about this one. Yeah, and the deep has something to do with Titanic. It does. Right? Yes, it does. The Titanic mm. and uh, and more. Wow. So I definitely need to get listening to that, or because I got it on Audible. Yeah. Yes. This one is available on audio, uh, a book. So if you're if that's what you're you're into for reading, and if you're not signed up for the book club, visit ghostlypodcast.com, Click on book club. Fill out the form. We'll get you all the information you need. Somebody also said that there is the audio book, I believe, is available through their public library as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're your, the, uh, I always recommend looking for any any books at your, your local library first. You can often find them as e-read books or audio books or just the physical book if you like that. Yeah. Um, or we do have a link to the Amazon you and know, but we do get a little bit, like a little few, bit of a cut on a that. Few just, cents, <laughs> just to let you guys know, in our last book club, we made a dollar fifty. You know, oh but... man, did you buy a Coke or a Diet Coke? I should say. Um, yes, I actually bought two because I I am only drinking twelve ounce ones now. So, oh. yeah. So, um, until next time, stay ghostly. Bye. Bye.